Kasha! This is Michelangelo, aka Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up! Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Cody Tuckett. And I'm Mike Templeton. And we are back into the comic books this week. Yeah, issues 7, 8, and 9 of Volume 4. Wait, what? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was not... <laughs> we, so, knock on wood, we haven't had a... a... In quite a while, we haven't had an episode where someone read or watched the wrong thing, but that was a fairly common occurrence for a month or so there. So every yeah, time, yeah. like, I'm always, like, on, on pins and needles waiting for it yeah. to be me, you know? Thankfully, uh, we'll, every, every week when we decide, like, what we're going to cover, Keith will um, pin it in our group chat. Yeah. Uh, and there was a time not too long ago where uh, I couldn't see the pin. Uh, so that that caused a lot of panic for me um but i like to think that uh, i'm a lot better at checking it now yeah i think it was like when we were deep in the 87 series that, that a lot of that was happening yeah because i think it was just all blending together at that point yeah well it was it was not in the same order as the dvds and, yeah. and stuff so yeah yeah this is straightforward it's just numbers so yeah it's it's been nice you know that that's one thing that i will say about the 2000s for for mirage is that everything feels a little bit more straightforward and streamlined with the 2003 series with with this granted i guess the 87 series you can watch those episodes in whatever order and it really doesn't matter for like 99 percent of that show yeah Yeah, unless it's like a two-parter or something yeah i think there was only the one two-parter i guess the first five well, there's, like a miniseries but... well there's the big trilogy remember oh yeah the yeah the bigs and then uh what was the other one planet of the turtleoids uh, I mean, technically, European Vacation is, you know, that's a mini series. Yeah, yeah, but very. Like you can watch them in any order, but it's very like most specifically go together. So loosely, yeah. in fact, there were basically two episode ones. <laughs> <laughs> two episodes in Greece. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we're back in volume four, uh, issues seven, eight, and nine. Uh, I got, I mean, it, it's funny because, like, uh, right now with these specific issues, um, we're very close to uh, the 2003 show. In fact, like, issue eight came out the same month as uh, the 2003 show premiered. Mm-hmm. So we're finally, like, back in this era of there being two big TMNT properties going on at the same time. And the letters pages or like Peter's talking a little bit more openly about the show. So I just found that, you know, uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool seeing this era, um, like kind of start in that way. Yeah. It's yeah. cool and horrifying. Cause now I feel like old as dirt. Yeah. Yeah. There is that because, uh, the 2003 show just celebrated its 21st anniversary yesterday. Man, was that yesterday? That was yesterday. Holy crap. We didn't we didn't even announce that on the show. Man. 
Well, we're doing it now. Well, I mean, yeah, but like our episode came out like, you know, our last episode. Oh, yeah. Our episode came out yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, not yesterday, but two days ago. But yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, whatever. You know, at the end of the day, we we got an episode out and you now know that the 2003 series is 21 years old. There you go. See? What else makes me feel old is that in those letters pages, along with this cartoon and this comic, Peter's talking about doing a live action movie on the Hallmark channel. I thought that it, was cool. <laughs> like, that's really cool. And it's it's also like, wow, I can't remember a time before Hallmark was anything but cheesy Christmas movies. Like, yeah, I didn't know that it was any ever anything else beyond that. Oh, yeah. It's like it was that far away from what it is today. It's not like they like. Yeah, like it's it's not like they, they were <laughs> that different, but it's like they they weren't what they are now. Yeah, they were still it was very more much that like, they, like exploded in popularity. So then they started like yeah, targeting really that even down, Yeah, it's they were still like very much made for TV movie channel, but there yeah. was there was a lot more variety in it. It wasn't all the same. I mean, if you watch it in those movies, it's like three scripts replayed over and over. So, which I just watched like a little mini documentary um, on Lacey Chabert. Like, there's this TikToker who like she's doing like she's she's my age, and so she's doing like all of our old like celebrity like news and stuff like where they are now and stuff. And I didn't know like Lacey Chabert was like Hallmark channels, like main girl. Now, if you guys know who Lacey Chabert is, I, I know. Sorry. Uh, mean girls was, was her like, first like major role. Um, no, she wasn't. Like, was that? It, was, well, it was her, it was her first, it was her first major movie role as an adult. Mm-hmm. I correct myself. She started on like party of five, like main stuff. Or like, like mainstream was Party of Five, and then she was in the Lost in Space movie. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's that's got to be a sweet gig. Like, if I was an actor and they were like, "Hey, we'll give you money. You just be in these schlocky movies," I'd be like, "Deal." Yeah, I mean, like she's got a, like a guaranteed now. gig. Like, why not? <laughs> oh, she was the original voice of Meg on Family Guy. She was uh, for the first season before Mila Kunis took over. Yeah. All right, we're ready to get into these episodes or yeah. issues, excuse me. Issues, yeah, very, very important distinction. I know I get them mixed up all the time because we're always alternating back and forth. I never get things mixed up. Sure. Uh, <laughs> why don't you tell uh, everyone a story then? Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. All right, I think I'm up first. This is TMNT Volume 4, Issue 7, released in December 2002, written, lettered, inked, and toned by Peter Laird, layouts and pencils by Jim Lawson, Eric Talbot on some additional inks, Michael Dooney on the cover, and Dan Berger with production assistance. So our story starts off with another homage to the first pages of TMNT number 1, but this time the turtles are superheroes. There's Gravid Turtle, the gravity-powered turtle, Gridix, who can grow and shrink at will, Bloboid, a turtle who can liquefy and change shape, and Shelectro, the electric turtle. They're about to face off against the evil Dr. Shredarius and his terror kinetics. A bunch of cheesy superheroics later, and the super turtles are victorious, but feel like someone is watching them. We learn that the person watching them is Glurn, an Utron from our dimension peeking into theirs using a variation of translocation matrix technology to pierce the veil between dimensions. Fugitoid and Donatello join Casey and Michelangelo in April's hospital room, where an Utron doctor mentions the nanobots in April's uh, body are attacking her nervous system. Robin, April's sister, is flying in, and Casey leaves to pick her up. 
In Northampton, Splinter and Stainless Steel Steve and Metalhead are interrogating Jay, who claims he was just out doing some target practice in the woods. Uh, back at the hospital, Robin shows up, and after some tissue samples have been gathered, just in case April like needs a blood transfusion or organ transplant or something, the U-Drum doctor reveals that April and Robin are not biologically related. To be continued. To be continued in issue eight, original publication date, February 2003, uh, written by Peter, pencils by Jim, inked by Peter and Eric Talbot, uh, and assistant edited by Dan Berger. Donatello, Robin O'Neill, and Dr. Kleinor are standing before a grave as a small Utromian probe gathers biological data from the remains below the ground. Robin talks about how weird this is, and Dr. Kleiner relates that Utrams have similar customs for respecting their dead, but this is the only way that they can confirm their findings about April. They offer a moment of silence as we find out that it's the grave of their parents. A leather-clad figure is racing on his motorcycle through the relatively quiet town of Northampton, reminiscing that not much has changed since the last time they were here, and when they arrive at the farmhouse. Stainless Steel Steve greets his old friend Mr. Bronze and brings him inside so that they can get to business with Jay. Back on Moon Island, Casey is working out his aggression with the remaining turtles when, from across the room, Cha Ocho issues a challenge to Leonardo. The two spar in a multi-page duel when Leo finally gains the upper hand and disarms the foot ninja when Karai appears. She reprimands Cha Ocho for his dishonorable conduct and offers her sympathies to Casey for April's speedy recovery. Meanwhile, at the farmhouse, Bronze has finished his interrogation of Jay, and having concluded that the boy wasn't up to anything nefarious, wipes his mind of the encounter and drops him off in the middle of the forest to wander back home. On Moon Island, Dr. Kleiner reveals that the results from the biological samples that they've recovered, that April is not related to either one of her parents either, and that there are genetic markers in her genome that they can't identify. Suddenly, there's a scream and an alarm from the other room. Everyone rushes in to find that April is currently being eaten alive by the nanobots in her blood. To be continued. To be continued in my story. So, this issue, issue number nine, was first printed in April of 2003. Our writers, Peter Laird, our penciler, Jim Lawson, inking and toning is done by Peter Laird and Eric Talbot, and the letterer is Peter Laird. So we open on that place in South America with the dinosaur creatures and stuff from a few issues ago. Some Utram are landing to locate a material that was left there. Before long, the scary dinosaur things attack. They're speaking, and one of the Utram wonder if they're able to speak due to the material that they are searching for before all of the Utrams are killed and eaten. On to the next sunshiny scene, Don travels through New York to a secret spot in the sewers where he keeps what's left of Baxter Stockman, his mind, and the remnants of his robot body. He confronts him on what's going on with April, and we learn that he has secretly had a toxic relationship with Stockman in the past, believing that he could learn from him. After trying to convince Stockman to tell him how to save April, he makes up his mind that Stockman is evil and not able to be saved and blasts him with an old Triceraton blaster, killing him. He returns to the Utram's artificial island, where the plan to save April is unveiled. An Utram has created other nanobots to go into April's body and destroy Stockman's nanobots. They're all modeled to look like the turtles. To be continued. But not, not today. It'll be in a much later episode. One day. Yeah, because we don't do Ford, Ford things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
fun stuff, man. Yeah. The like, way I, I panicked when you were like, why don't you tell a story? And I was like, I'm issue eight. I, <laughs> I didn't know who had that first issue. No, I just figured I that the way you for were, a second until Keith just, started talking. I just figured the way you were drawing it out that, uh, the, maybe it was you, but yeah, I was proud of myself because I had written, I I've been writing all of my, <laughs> my reviews. Cause of course, uh, Turtlepedia, all of these are just like two sentence synopses. Yeah. Mine almost was as well because like half of it was super turtles. It's like, I don't think that's very relevant to the plot right now. Yeah. But, yeah. It's cool though. All right, should we get into the second time around? I thought Let's we were it. already here. Hey, uh, nice junk. Oh, perfect. Well, speaking of the Super Turtles, any of you nerds ever played Heroclix? No. I never uh, played it, but I, I, mean, I know of them. Cool. We've talked okay. about Heroclix before. Yeah, yeah it was Heroclix. Like Wonder Woman set of them that has like Star Sapphire and a bunch of other characters. Anyway, oh, continue. So Nerd. Heroclix used to do like chase figures. And so I think each pack of Heroclix was five figures. And then a brick was 12 packs, so 5 times 12. Then a case was two of those, and a chase would be like one out of every two cases. So one out of every 48 boxes would have one of these chase figures. And for, I think, the second or third set of the Ninja Turtles, it was the Super Turtles. You could get all four of them if you bought, like, you know, 160-whatever boxes. <laughs> so, But it's kind of cool. I, I wound up with a Bloboid and Shellectro down somewhere in my basement. Or not Shellectro, uh, Graviturtle. They're pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It was great, so too. There's actual, were... like, official merchandise of these? Yeah, yeah, there is. It was great, too, when people were pulling them out, because they're like what, the, like, what the hell is this? I'm like, oh, I know what that is. It's, like, really, really obscure, but I know what it is. So Yeah, it's the Super Turtles' first appearance. You can actually find uh, the cover of this issue in the uh, IDW's uh, board games, like the Ninja Turtle board games, on, on the little uh, board for the lair that represents the turtle's lair, this, the cover of this issue is on their coffee table. That's Interesting. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't want to like, get too much into I Love Being a Turtle, but I feel like these super turtles are a great example of like the potential of a turtle verse, like the real potential of one, instead of being like, here's like, you know, another version of the turtles being ninjas. It's like, here we have turtles that are superheroes. Uh, I I would love to see other versions cross over with these ones more often. I I like them. I think that they're fun. Yeah. So apparently at one point, yeah, I do like the whole, it's kind of like, um, interdimensional cable. I always think stuff like that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. They probably had different names at one point. I noticed uh, Shellectro has an E on his belt. And yeah. There's like one of the one of the letters uh, Peter Laird explains that his name was Electro Boy or something, but he just like forgot to go back and make the E into an S. Yeah, like at the yeah. end he had they did like the art. You can see him. So speaking yeah, of Electro Boy, Captain Gravity. Speaking of stuff from the letters columns, in the back of this issue, Keith. Were you Skull Knight twenty seven at yahoo.com? Were you were you asking if Slash and Ray Fillet would return your favorite characters? No, I wasn't. Because <laughs> this person says, "Is like, well, is there a chance that these characters will return? They're my favorites." 
I was going to say, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, is this Keith? <laughs> was Keith Skull Knight 27 at yahoo.com? If you're out there, Skull Knight 27. We could just email him. We could send him an email and see if they respond. That, that is true. I wonder if his email like still works. I mean, there's who, only who, one way to find out who checks their old Yahoo anymore. You know, I still have a Yahoo. I still technically uh, have my like, my Hotmail account like because it yeah, converted true. over to like MSN to like Outlook. So I think technically, I wonder if I could email that one. I I probably would still have my Yahoo, but like I he's one of the, you know I was one of those kids that made an email in fifth grade, and so it was like Spoon Boy, but like spell S P O O N E. So it's like <laughs> I smushed my name together and then added underscore boy at yahoo.com. and That's then I was hilarious. gonna have to like. To access a project in front of class, I was going to have to log into my Spoon Boy email in front of class, which I already had friends that made. <laughs> Spoon Boy arrives. No Dude. cereal is safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so to to know like the, these friends I had made fun of me to no end for my email, and so I was like, I was not about to log into that in front of class, and so I I made my own email. <laughs> I made a new Gmail, and I've never looked back. <laughs> I've kept my same um, original username that I set up. Wow. I think my original one was like an AOL account. AOL. Yeah, I think I had AOL email way back in the day. Yeah. You know what's wild about these comics? Um, the the four like individual comics that we we read before this, those were written after this, right? Yeah. The the that's, my the miniseries ones, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I guess they had like the the hooks there, and they're just like writing backwards. But that's that's kind of blowing my mind how well yeah. they did it. Yeah, it, it is crazy. Like, and it's kind of, I don't know, it made it, maybe it would have been better if we would have read The Brain Thief later and let you guys be like shocked and surprised at uh, seeing Stockman in, in his little lair. No, but, I think uh, it's good because then it's like, oh, he's back. Are, are we going to see the dog? But, you know. No, we're, we're never going to see the dog. Maybe there's a Tails issue about it, but I doubt it. <laughs> My poor dog. But, you know, I th- yeah, it's really cool to like read these issues and then like, you know what's going on. So I feel like even though I totally miss this era of comics, the way we read it, I feel like I'm in the know. It's like I'm getting like callbacks. Yeah. But I guess it's asynchronous, which is fun. Same with like Cha Ocha. Like I the issues about him and Tails came out after this. So like I went back and read it real quick, but I, I knew who that was coming in. So yeah, I, I think the way we're doing it's a lot better than reading it when it was coming out, probably. Yeah, but that's going to lead me into an anchovy, so... Okay, well, let's stay on track here. <laughs> issue number got, eight? Oh, yeah, issue eight. Yeah. Uh, Holy crap. We see bronze again. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, we haven't seen bronze in a while. Yeah. I completely yeah. forgot that bronze appeared in volume four at all. I don't know if I read volume two much later than I read volume four. I, I don't remember the order I read things in, but I... Th- You'd think I would remember that, but I I forgot that Bronze was a psychic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he totally made just everyone forget about the almost (laughs) intergalactic war and everything that the yeah. So there must be yeah, because didn't he make the turtles kind of forget about him too? Wasn't that like the end of the the volume two? Was like Leo looking out the window at him and being like, "Hey, I think I know that guy." But he seems to know all of like stainless steel and metalhead and everything too. He's just going around giving out people for get me nots. Uh, Basically, yeah. But in case it, in case 
you, anyone else doesn't remember Mr. Bronze. Uh, Louis Bronze was a member of DARPA in the 1950s, where he volunteered for a mental ability enhancement program. Forty years later, he was a resident of the apartment complex owned by April and Casey. And that's where we met him in volume two. So, yeah, wild character, but, you know, interesting to see him again. I'm, I am curious if he'll ever show me having mental powers in IDW comics unless or did they kill him? I can't remember during our getting game. I think he is dead. Did he die? I don't think he died. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look at that again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he did. I don't think I'm he did sure. either. I think it was someone else that did. And that I'm thinking of, but uh, I don't think he did either, but I'm just curious, you know, if he pops back up, if he's going to have the, the brain powers, because so far, everyone that's like been in charge of the EPF has had weird powers and stuff. So I'm curious. Oh, no, he's still alive. Okay. All right. But, but I would like to see him show more? up in like other stuff too. Yeah. Why not? Like I'm, I'm down. I'm down for psychic Mr. Clean. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to take the context you just said that in and assume that he's not in 2003. He's not. No, he doesn't, so. he doesn't pop up in 2003. Um, in the uh, letters, we also, we also see Karai again for the first yeah. time in a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw her in issue four, but like she's back, like talking to the turtles. So, yeah. Also in the uh, letters column, uh, Peter mentions the turtles were going to have an armored truck in the letters uh, column as their party wagon. So I think that. Yes, in volume four, when they went and found that armored truck that they were that they hauled into the lair, if they don't end up converting it to a like some sort of, you know, party wagon battle shell in this series, I think it was originally a plan to do it. And he ended up dropping it. That makes sense. They've got a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, so far, they haven't even had like a need to like drive anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I think uh, it's it's interesting, you know, because I talk a lot about how in volume four, there's a lot of like unfiltered Peter Laird, which which I enjoy, but also sometimes like he can he can really go off on his interests. Um, yeah. And so in, in this one, like Bronze just starts talking about how well his motorcycle is running, like due to the tune ups and stuff that he's done on it or whatever. Yeah. And Peter Laird is or at least really was into motorcycles. Uh, same with Jim Lawson. And so like that's why at least I think Jim Lawson is, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's why you see so many motorcycles in like the 2003 series and they wrote a book called planet racers. That's all about like super high tech future motorcycles, uh, being <laughs> raced around and uh, great series, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't read the third book yet because I have another book that I keep meaning to try and read first. And I just need to skip that book for now and read. I got all three of it. It was a lot. One of the last things I bought before Mirage shut down. I yeah, kept I thinking, I'm like, I should buy this. And then Mirage shut down. I, also, I did you know that Mirage Comics sponsored a, a motorcycle team back in the late 80s, early 90s? Something like that. Oh, interesting. It yeah. does not surprise me, though, but it's yeah. cool. But yeah, so like I said, super into motorcycles. And you'll notice as we continue reading this book that like so many of like, like Casey and April, all of them, all of them ride motorcycles like all the time. <laughs> They don't drive cars anywhere. <laughs> All right. Ready for issue nine? Yeah. So I guess to continue on with uh, Peter Laird talking about his 
stuff he's interested in in these issues. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he was a pretty massive fan of Apple at this time. Yeah. Like Donatello <laughs> has this whole moment where he's window shopping and he's like, Apple's like, they've really got their hardware down. Yeah, like, they sure make good products. Hardware. Speaking of like product placements. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> And on top of that, Peter and Jim both love dinosaurs. You know, they had another comic book that came out called Paleo. And now you have these dinosaur monsters that are also running around. Like, once again, like, it's all kind of playing into to what interests Peter and, and Jim. I think it's have... it's fun when artists do that. Because, like, you know, if you're not if you're not making something you're super into, like, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. I'm missing, like, one issue of Paleo. It's really driven me crazy. I don't have a single issue of Paleo, so you're doing. It's pretty than me. good. I'm kind of jealous. It's very <laughs> like, uh, like you ever watch Primal? It's, it's yeah. Very, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Primal's awesome. It's it's very much like that. Maybe not as bloody, but yeah, yeah. That was a great show. Mm-hmm. I have to. I I didn't watch season two yet. Yeah, I still need to watch it, season two as well. My wife walked in on like the one bad part. <laughs> it was like, like the whole thing was good up until my wife walked in and she's like, you, this is what you've been watching. I'm like, come on, <laughs> you know, you've watched this for four seconds. You can't judge it based on that. <laughs> so speaking of the dinosaurs and stuff though, does anyone else read the dinosaur voices with Gollum's voice in their head? No, yeah, that is Gollum. Absolutely. That's a hundred percent. That's, 100%, that's oh, yeah. Gollum. Yeah. Especially yeah, since like, like one of the last lines that one of them say is something about precious, like yeah. I'm your precious or whatever. Yeah. And this, I looked it up. This came out after, uh, the two towers had come out, so there, there's no way like they weren't like super hyped on that. Yeah, like that's 100. percent uh, That's 100. percent supposed to be gone. Like, yeah, because it's almost it's like, like I don't know, like yeah, it comes like it's it goes beyond like way beyond like homage or like this yeah. is a reference where it's just like. No, yeah, I want to do like it, I want to do like a, seven pages of this dinosaur goal. <laughs> it was when he is. It was when he breaks uh, the Utrom's leg at the end when he goes Trixie little meatses like yeah that yeah. Trixie is that's what Gollum says. Yeah. So, but it works. It works for these dinosaurs. Like the Gollum voice does work for them. I I enjoy it. But it's just funny because as I'm reading it, it's just instantly like Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's another one of those weird things where it's like, because um, I don't know how old were you, Spencer, back in those these years? He oh, was three, two thousand two. I would have been five. Okay, because like this was when I was in like high school, and so it's you can't overstate how huge Lord of the Rings was at that time. Yeah, like, each movie coming out was like an event, so mm. it's like it's a really weird like um like time travel back to realize like just how huge that was even if you know it was huge like to like see it referenced live in a comic is just like wild. yeah like this is wild i mean i got super into those movies later so when i was older uh a few years before the hobbit movies came out so like i i ended up really loving the lord of the rings movies and then so i tried to go see the midnight premieres of all the hobbit movies but after mm. the first one midnight premieres here died and everyone was going to like they started having all the earlier premieres on what used to be the midnight premiere night and they've got like multiple showings and it, it really destroyed the midnight premiere and i miss that i miss the midnight premiere there was a time you could you I would wait to. in line at the theater to like i know in. i remember i remember <laughs> i remember like line. the coolest midnight premiere i ever went to was like uh the peter jackson king kong and it was just mm. 
packed because uh, it was like one of the biggest theaters in Orange County and people brought like crates of bananas and were like passing them around. It was like the vibe in there was just so much fun. Yeah, yeah it's like, fun. Like I feel like events like that are like harder to come by as like pop yeah. culture is fractured so much and there's like so many options. I'm trying to think like I think like one of the last like midnight premieres I went to was like I want to say it's one of the star one of the it's probably last Jedi Hmm. it was like 2017 so it's not even that long ago but it's like I did like a Marvel movie marathon no you know what because I was buying I was buying movie tickets at like at like nine o'clock by then so so now you can can get one would have been way earlier like yeah yeah like yeah like, like true midnight premieres like, yeah like one of the like the last one i went to was the very first hobbit movie uh so i'm trying to think like because they only got to it got to a point where like in california they were like oh it's midnight on the east coast we can do 9 p.m showings on a yeah, thursday do, like video game releases too sometimes. yeah and yeah. so i'm trying to think of like the last like true midnight um but what like it, it it had to be before like the Star Wars movies because I know my wife like started hating them, so yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like it's weird to miss like waiting in lines. You don't think it'll happen, and maybe kids these days won't yeah. understand. But there's an intense nostalgia to like waiting in line. For well, I mean, but there's also like like the hype, the atmosphere. Everyone's there for the same reason. But the thing is, is like you know the crowds are different now. Like too, like you know if I if I wait in a line now, like generally those people aren't as excited to wait in line for a movie as I am, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the true. thing is I feel like the reason why the midnight premiere died is because all, all, all the common folk ruined it. Everyone wanted to start getting in on, on midnight premieres. And so then they were like, <laughs> Oh, we need to sell more tickets. And so they started showing earlier times. Darn filthy it. plebs, filthy plebs, oh. filthy plebs. Definitely, definitely wasn't me contributing to that by also going. The rest of you should have just, you're not as big a fan as I am. You're not a real fan. <laughs> you shouldn't have been there. <laughs> anyway, if they we're done gatekeeping, before that was, you get in line. I have, uh, some, I have some bad news. I'm sorry. I tried to email skullnight27 at yahoo.com and the mailer demon came back and said, no, this isn't a. Oh, no. R.I.P. Skullnight27. <laughs> How convenient that the guy that we're accusing of being Skull Knight 27 emailed and Whoa. Can't, uh, Oh yeah. yeah, I'm just saying How there was both of us in the same room. Oh, it, is this, don't, is this don't try of, email him. Don't try. Is, don't try, guys. You don't need to. The signal's <laughs> coming from inside the house. Right. <laughs> is is this some sort of uh, you know like faking your own death kind yeah, of thing? I was going like right. to You probably email. you probably got found out and deleted the email right Look, before. I I, I understand. He's seriously backing up all the records. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, under- it's all on a server in right. in what Alaska or something. What a brilliant I, I, plan. I, I love it. I understand that like you would be embarrassed, Keith, because like, you know, <laughs> like there's no way that Ray Filet and Slash are showing up in the Mirage continuity. Like I, I get it. Like I would be embarrassed about that now too. You have like, no idea. Okay. Ray Filet, I could see Slash with how Peter feels a hundred percent no. It's a perfectly cromulent question. <laughs> I feel like Slash is very Mirage. Uh all right, I, I do have one last big reference in this book that I do actually really want to discuss. Um, 
And it's it's this moment where Baxter Stockman, when he's chained to the wall, and he tells he tells Donatello that he's come here to visit his Fortunato. Uh, you know, Baxter Stockman calls himself Donatello's Fortunato. Mm. And Fortunato is a character from a Edgar Allan Poe story called The Cask of Amontillado. And essentially what that story is, is that this, so this guy goes into great detail about how to commit or how to uh, not commit, but execute revenge perfectly. You know, like there's all sorts of things like they have to be aware of it. And if I had more time, I would have like looked up all these, but I did not have enough time this week. I'm sorry. But he goes through all these steps for the perfect revenge. And he has this friend, not really, I guess he's not a friend. He has an enemy that he hates that he's at a party with. And so he leads this friend, Fortunato, or enemy, whatever. He leads this enemy down into his catacombs, into his like wine cellar. And he ends up chaining him to a wall and then slowly, brick by brick, sealing him into the wall while the guy's still alive and freaking out and, and screaming and stuff. And so like on multiple levels, it's kind of cool that he brings that up because, yes, Baxter Stockman is being kept behind a wall and chained to a wall in this chasm to be left alone to rot. But also it lets you know that like Baxter Stockman is, is very familiar with this story and is already thinking about it as Donatello is coming to confront him on what's going on with April. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like it also says a lot about Stockman to be like, Oh yes. The, you know, this story about the perfect way to execute vengeance. And here he is you know, executing some horrific vengeance on April O'Neil. Uh, well, well, that is, well, that's definitely a lot. And sell me a lot headier than I expected. <laughs> uh, no, but that's fascinating. Um, that's, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, pretty good. It's a pretty good, good poem. You know, if you like, yeah. if you like dark Edgar Allan Poe stuff, uh, it's worth checking out. That definitely would have flown over the head of, you know, 19 year old Mike these books were coming out uh i was gonna go on about um we kind of touched on it earlier but like peter in the letters columns for these issues like goes into a lot of stuff and like uh kind of the plans he you can tell like he he really wanted to do a lot of stuff with this new era that he's starting um like he talks about um like wanting to create an official timeline uh, for the turtles, which I don't think he ever wound up getting to. Um, and then uh, one letter by my friend Adam uh, is in issue nine. <clears throat> uh, when I told him I had these issues, uh, he told me, he told me his letter was in there. Uh, so he asks uh, the, some of the specific questions that we've been talking about lately. Um and so Peter confirms, like, this is what I call the Mirage continu continuity. We are calling it volume four, um, along with Tales of the TMNT. Like, that's all kind of considered that the Mirage continuity. Um, he confirms that the Turtles are in their early 30s, he thinks. Yeah, he's playing it pretty fast on the, <clears throat> the timeline, which is. Yeah, like, he's kind of going all over the place. Um, but then like he, he talks, like I said, like he mentions that timeline and it's funny because like, people are asking like some questions and you can tell when Peter like he I, 
I don't because I mean I'm assuming he picks these these letters to publish an answer. So it's like some of these ones that he picks in here, he's like he doesn't know the answer. So he's like, just go to ninjaturtles.com. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, he's got a like really long letter at the very end that's like, you know, I don't owe you anything and you owe me anything. <laughs> like it's actually yeah. it's very refreshing to read his, his yeah, like he, opinions on it. Yeah, he's, he's very not blunt. To a crowd, whatever whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, like there's some people he's like he's like, if you want a monthly book, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like yeah. Well, even um, like if you send me a, a letter, <clears throat> I don't need to answer all your questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I exactly. can just publish it, you know. <laughs> and we I mean which he does. He just publishes some letters. Yeah. Um he gives a shout out to Kevin Simietta. Um uh, about the Palladium RPG and like he talks about like his fond memories of it um, and he even hints that he doesn't see a reason that they couldn't do another one so it's like it, it, I mean like there's just fascinating stuff and like getting into Peter's head uh, during this era because like we've talked about his blog which is like fantastic um, but these letters pages are really are really interesting to read I remember, I remember when I was younger, I never used to like reading letters pages, but now it's like, now that I'm older and like looking at this as like a time capsule, it's just fascinating to me. I haven't read a single letter. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, I mostly just read Peter's response because it's like like, eight pages of letters. I'm like, yeah, I do skip to those. Like if I, if Peter's answering it, then that's the one I'll for sure read because sometimes he'll drop like little tidbits in there. Um, but it's like the letters page for uh, issue nine is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages long. Like, yeah, like that's, that's obscene one page for a letters column. In, but, you know, once I see there's seven pages, I'm like, nah, I can all live in ignorance. <laughs> so. yeah. Mike and Keith and Spencer will tell you about it later. Yeah, that's yeah. why I appreciate you guys bringing it. Give me the crib notes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, but I think uh, that's everything we got. Uh, let's put some anchovies on this pizza. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. I have two anchovies related to their tattoos, which is, one, they're clearly all added in post. And in, <laughs> which in Peter, some panels... Peter they, confirms they like, that he did do that in post. Yeah, I, I actually wrote the anchovy and then got it confirmed later. I'm like, he's <laughs> just drawing these and then, yeah. Like, in... Issue seven, it's really bad. It gets better by like issue nine, but issue seven, it's like holy cow! You're, you're is that because it was just like late. too hard to draw them consistently? Or See, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're. I don't draw, but I guess I wouldn't think they would be yeah. that complicated. But I it's, apparently not. It's weird because like the the a similar thing I can think of is like uh, if you've ever read a Ghostbusters comic, um, the Ghostbusters logo is always photoshopped on it's never <laughs> it's never drawn on like at least in the idw like the main comic that i was reading um it's never drawn on the panel it's probably like in the rough it probably is but the final like printed one is always photoshopped it's the official logo stretched and tweaked to fit whatever angle it needs to be and it's like i, I get that same feeling from here uh, but I don't think Peter, cause I, cause it's Peter doing the photoshopping. Like he admits that in the, in the letters column. Um, and I think he, he admitted that he's not very good at Photoshop in, when we were reading the ultimate collection for volume one or uh volume two. Cause that's when he first started working with it. He said, well, and also um, like, like early two thousands Photoshop was, 
was not late 2000s Photoshop. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not great Photoshop. Like I had a free version in high school that like, <laughs> you know, I, I could tweak some stuff. But yeah. Um, Did he say why? It doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to just draw them. Like, I don't remember not, him like, saying why. Nah, I don't remember that either. But also then, like we know they're temporary tattoos. So halfway through issue eight, when they lose their tattoos, I was like, oh, they must have just worn off. Yeah. But then they come back in issue nine. I'm like, so, so we just totally missed like twelve pages of tattoos. <laughs> they, they were they were just they were temporary tattoos, and they just reapplied them off. Yeah, 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 they have to yeah. keep drawing. Um, okay, I get it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> would be easier the if they were just stickers. Yeah. yeah, it would be easier if they just stickers. But you know, they, I imagine they, they could probably do like sashes. You know, or bandanas. I can, just, I can see the turtles just sticking the the paper on their chest, you know, rubbing the washcloth on it, holding it there for a long enough time. The water slide decal. <laughs> I, I I like it personally. I, I think it's a cool. I mean, thing. like, yeah, like they're neat. Um, I think it's, I think it would be cool if like, I don't know if the turtles like did anything else, like, you know, to make them look a little bit more alieny, but. For me, it's eh, ironic that it's like, ostensibly it's there to help people recognize them, and I can't remember those to save my life. Oh yeah, like we talked about it last time. Like it's it, it's hilarious that it's to identify them, but but it's like we still have no context for who these guys are. Like with if they don't have their weapons, we don't know. It's also well, this is this proves out, the eighty-seven but... cartoon right that like the letters on the belt buckles is the best way. Yeah. Well, so uh, Donatello is the utter the vindication. <laughs> Donatello is the yin yang. Uh, Michelangelo is the pokeball, and then Raphael is like the the crab claw, and then Leo's the other one. So you're yeah. telling me you're telling me that like two spots. You're telling me that, but by the time we read the next issues, I'm gonna forget. There. So, um, I but the th- the thing is also like with the letters on the belt buckles thing. I, I still think that's unnecessary. This is black and white. That's why you can't use the multicolored head bandanas. Uh, the initials on the belt buckle. I don't know. Just. It, just, yeah, I, like I'm, I'm. It wouldn't work. I'm, for I've Rosh. never been a fan it of the initials. Help, I get it would them. Help me a lot. I'm gonna, all I'm I'm gonna take it one step further and say I don't like the style guide uh, initials that are like black with the yellow. I like the cartoon ones that are white with the blue. I I will agree with there you there. Go. I think the I think if you have to do the initials, the best way to do it is the Batman versus TMNT turtles. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, like, they like work it in. Yeah, they work it in like Donnie's is just the belt buckle, but it's a shape of a D. And then Mikey and Mikey, Raph and uh, Leo are all that's just how they tied their belt. Yeah, like I feel like Donnie, they cheated because they're like, we don't know how to do this. So I mean, it makes sense because he's the most technical and, you know, he 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 could have done like a like a like an erector set or connects or Legos or something. But like all the other ones are like, okay, this actually makes sense. Like you could plausibly say it's not that. But Donnie, they're like. Yeah, it's a D. <laughs> yeah. It's a... Well, it's Leo's, is funny. Yeah. Leo's is funny because it's like it's a knot in the shape of an L, but it's also blue. And yeah. his is the only one that's color coded. <laughs> but he also has like, doesn't he have like a blue sash anyways? No, not, not the not the movie one. I'm looking right at the action figure. That's why I came up. <laughs> I was going to look at my action figures behind me, but yeah. Well, that's why you should always have them in front of you, Cody. <laughs> That'd be smart. Well, good's an action figure behind me. Can't look at it that way. Uh, I don't really have any specific anchovies for all uh, for any particular issue. I think these three just kind of felt a little boring. Hmm. Uh, it's weird because like there's 
like they're it's good. I like the story. I'm really digging it. I really want to read more, but like each individual issue is just kind of like, meh, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like the coming off of the high that we did for the last three issues, um, to these three, it really, it like the plot moved forward, but only the one with April. Yeah, I think I think nine really ratcheted it up with the whole like dinosaur attack and everything. But yeah, but even then, kinda, eh, you know? but even, yeah, even then they were kind of like, eh. like, and then literally until tonight, I had forgotten what I just read last night <laughs> uh, for issue well, for I mean, issue nine. I'm going to read all one sitting one day. Um, and it's just like the the stuff in um like the stuff with Jay just kind of ends on a fart like. Yeah, I was yeah, hoping I was they would like murder him or something. Like I knew they were I knew they weren't going to, but it's like, you know, Mr. Bronze shows up. up and then it's like they, they could have beat him up at least and then took his memory away of it. Well, it's like why even why even interrogate him and then wipe his memory? Like, I guess like so you could find out for sure if he was gonna shoot Splinter, like I think that's um, really what it is to th- just to find out if Splinter was actually in any danger, you know, to see. Okay. Like, okay, sure. Point. But then it's like, if you wipe his mind and then send him away, like, is he potentially going to just come back and do it again? That's what I thought too. Like, like, it's like he's it, going to make sense to like, to go through and like wipe like, his memory. Cause you don't want him in on it. You don't want him knowing yeah, too much. And Cause he's still, he still shadows boyfriend. Cause he, he thinks it was a dream. Well, right, but he's still Shadow's boyfriend, and so unless they like wiped his memory of her of her completely, he's still yeah, going to be like, curious about him about her mysterious uncle or grandpa. They should have inceptioned him into like destroying his gun and living yeah, a like life. take away the gun entirely. Um, this is a pre-inception comic, <laughs> and so it's just it's just kind of like you're you just kind of erased really for nothing. Uh, because like the the danger is still there and it's like okay what if he comes back and this time does want to shoot splinter like you've only handled the one time yeah i mean but now they know to like now metalhead can be on the lookout and he's also just like a loser but does metalhead live at the farmhouse too i thought metalhead was just visiting to train shadow couldn't he live what if he like left a lock of hair behind also i keep forgetting that metalhead's a robot yeah it's a little ambiguous and ambiguous that there's a word whether or not like stainless steel steve and i guess he probably doesn't live there i think he had his own place but yeah i think stainless steel steve is visiting yeah but like metalhead i guess it's implied that he's there a lot more often or maybe yeah, they drive together who knows i don't know but all of this being said now i want to see inception starring splinter stainless steel steve metalhead and bronze like going inside <laughs> yeah. <somewhere>. right <laughs> Also, why does Jim Lawson keep giving Splinter a mustache now? It's it's the wisdom of an old rat. Splinter's trying new things. As a person who has a mustache, and Spencer can back me up on this, you're just like ten points smarter and cooler. True. It it just you know it your face is able to grow hair right, and so now you're like, I'm using this ability. And people I mean, are fair. like, should I? There's an error. Head doesn't grow hair, like, so I have to do it on my face. So I get it. Should I report you to the FBI? Should I not? <laughs> That's fair. Spencer, have you, you ever had like? Have you ever let your mustache grow like long, long, so you can like twirl it? Uh, I I did for a little while. Yeah, I have some pictures of 
uh, from me at Disneyland and stuff with a twirled mustache. Yeah. When I first That's met awesome. Spencer, he looked like he tied women to train tracks. Did <laughs> I have that kind of mustache then? I'm kidding. I'm entirely. You had a slightly long mustache. It wasn't like twirled up with the with the like pointy UT and weird eyebrows or anything. <laughs> I eventually grew. So that's the he thing had is a like, cane and a top hat. Right, yeah. Like, to, to like evil Mr. Peanut. <laughs> to be fair, my facial hair very much is like the villain facial hair, except for that I don't get my goatee like super pointy. Mm. But yes, when I was twirling my mustache, it is like I tie women to train tracks energy. But but hopefully like you know in a in a sexy way, you know. Gosh, Electro no. Hero Clicks is no hundred dollars. No one said. No one said it wasn't sexy. That Electro Hero Clicks is five hundred dollars. I think whatever whatever site that's linked to. I think you can find it on Troll and Toad for like five bucks or something. But oh, okay. Wait, I mean, if it was has it for five hundred. I I feel like it's obscure enough that it's it's worth more than than that. Not five hundred necessarily, but. The way you described like the numbers, it seems like it wasn't super powerful. Do, 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 do. It's blob Bloboid is five thirty-nine. Let me see here. This is trollandtoad.com. Shell Ectro four seventy-nine. There's a, K- there a Casey Jones hero clicks uh where the shipping is more expensive than the figure. Oh yeah. How they're, big are hero clicks? They were really big for a while. Oh yeah, no, there's a Shellectro right here on eBay for six bucks. Yeah. They come with cards. Um, you should not have showed me this, Keith, because now I'm tempted to buy these for no no good reason. No, Heroclix are Heroclix are huge. It's like one of the. It's it's like it's before it's Fortnite before Fortnite. True. Because you can yeah. like combo everybody. You gotta right. see it, Spencer. Are we done with issue seven anchovies? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't well, have I any anchovies, anchovies for all three. I'm kind of. Okay. I have one move. more anchovy. It's, it's about issue nine, which is just I hate violence against Utrams and like these guys feel... just massacre them. It does feel really mean. Yeah, especially the one that like pulls them off the robot and like half yeah. the Utram stays back. Like it's just disgusting. I, I don't. It makes me feel so icky. Violence yeah. against Krang, I don't mind. Violence right. against Utrams, I do. They're so peaceful. I mean, yeah. they're the ones who messed up those dinosaurs, it seems like. So it seems like they had it coming. Yeah, yeah it's like it's a bigger plot here. Hoist, like that's they were hoisted on their own petard. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's like a horror movie, though. It's kind of like a, you know, alien thing going on, you know? I think I the just, only reason why it doesn't read is like horrors because so, it's so you know, bright. For it. Yeah, definitely like, the art style does not say horror, but yeah, like I think if like it, I think if it was happened. like shaded, like if it was like a dark, because like we've seen like the darker scenes uh, in other books uh, that Jim, that Jim and Peter do, so yeah, it's like if they, if it had those tones instead of like daylight in the jungle, yeah, just just more shadows and stuff like yeah, that more shadows well. would definitely have helped that scene. Mm-hmm. It is still fairly terrifying though. In my yeah. opinion, just well, I mean, if I was a neutron, I I would be yeah. very scared of those well, dinosaurs. If I, if I was a human, I would be scared of those dinosaurs. Though yeah. nothing can stop I, If I was things. human, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I am as, speaking, a speaking as a human. Uh, as a I don't human. think I'm very afraid of those uh, golem dinosaurs. But if I was a small <laughs> utrom, I would be. I mean, if anything, a human it's worse because they have arms they can bite off easily. Yeah, like like the Utrams at least kind of seem like they just get like slurped up in one bite, you know. So and they always, oh, it's horrifying. I mean, 
I'm hoping he goes parasite mode. I I mean that would be uh, yeah. Oh, hey, it wasn't a smart. But uh, yeah, I think my last one is I don't care for Chaocho. It's I I it 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 feels yeah. so weird that like they're trying to set some like they're setting something up and Peter even says in in the letters column that like he doesn't have the story yet. <laughs> and it's like and even it's yeah it's the story is written by steve murphy so he i guess he never got to the story yeah so it, <laughs> well, it's just like why are you setting this up if you like if you don't even know why yet like oh it's kind of retroactively brilliant like it's kind of awesome to like leave leave those hooks in there and then you can expand i mean like if you're if you're setting up story hooks for other people fine but it's like you're not but but it's like you the way they do it here is that it makes us feel like we missed something and it's like because like we said it last time like because these books had such bad like a bad track record of being reprinted it's really hard to tell if you missed it yeah that's true there is that. if, if I, peter I, if peter had just said we haven't told that story yet i think he did in editor's notes though yeah but it's like you have to find that like really. you have to like, you have you have to read the letters like, column and if you're not Cody you're not going to do that. No, like, like it was, wasn't even the letters column though. Like I'm saying it's editors note like little stars next to oh, things. I don't I didn't see that. Oh. I mean, I don't know. I thought I thought I saw something with that in there somewhere, no. but maybe not. The the thing is is I, like I think that was in Cha Ocho's like first appearance that, that it had it. Uh but not in this issue. It, it probably would have been good to have thrown it in this mm. issue as well. Yeah. I just think I think it's kind of cool because it gives you a sense like it's like when you read history, you know, and you like you because you can't like there's no place to start in history. You can just pick anywhere and read forwards or backwards. I think that mm. kind of stuff is cool. But it is also like. Given the medium where you're like, is this something I missed and should like go back and refresh myself? Or yeah, whatnot? yeah, that is that can be frustrating. You're like, just way too far ahead of his time. Like, yeah, he's doing this like pre Turtlepedia and like very early internet. Like nowadays, it would be awesome. But <laughs> you know, there's people that talk about it and and say like, hey, did I miss something? No, or go figure this out. But like that wasn't around back then. He's yeah, exactly. Like you had playground rules then. Yeah. Shop nerd who was yep gone so. store. Um, my anchovy, I don't think Donatello secured Baxter enough. I feel like Baxter could escape. He almost has like a whole arm. True. If you look at the issue on the wall, like what is, I think Baxter is a fool. He could have clawed his way out of there. <laughs> Unless it's like power is disabled or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Donatello just made sure it's completely disabled except for the, the voice thing. You know, who knows? That Cause that's man, that's Donatello's sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of dark. It's kind of dark. Yeah. And then he also gives Baxter the satisfaction of like telling him what happened. So now Baxter's like, awesome. My plan worked. Yeah. So, Donnie did a bad, bad thing multiple ways there. This is another thing, too. Like, so we've read the brain thieves, so we know that, like, the replicating part of the robot is somewhere else. But, like, if I was just reading this, I'd be like, why isn't he regrowing like he was in the in volume two? You know? Yeah, that's fair. All right, we good to go into I Love Being a Turtle then? Yes. Oh, I love being a turtle. So I pretty much already talked about how I love the super turtles. I feel like this is like an excellent use of parallel dimensions uh, and things like that. I just, I think it's cool. Uh, the other thing that I really like was net nets design. 
like the little tiny robot that uh yeah. goes the I don't know one of them ends up taking out at some point gets smashed. I I like him. I think his design is kind of cute and fun. I want action figures of the Super Turtles and, um, and these robots. You are getting like the Archie wrestling turtles, which is kind of in that same vein. You, you know, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, I wouldn't look at those and think of think of these. Give me, give me well, a globe. It's, it's with, not. Like, they're not the arm, same. Because uh-huh. I was no, actually because like, I, 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 I want. I think you know luchador wrestling. I don't think superheroes. Well, I mean, I just think it's like because I was the, I was seeing this too, and I was like, I want the action figures too, but I'm pretty sure like the closest we'll get is like the wrestling turtles. Which they're they're not the same thing, but it's the same kind of like here's like a totally different interpretation of the turtles. I'm just saying, NECA. You've already mined. Yeah, this, I don't think you've mined um, this well a lot for the comics already. Like we got the Wanderer for uh, NECA comic turtles. Give us these turtles, please. Yeah, but they're also at the the behest of you know like the corporate masters, and so it's it's really if like the corporate masters then care as well because like the idea is yeah because like approved. yeah because like Neca's still in like Volume One Mirage. Yeah, like I could see if if this got a reprint, then it's on the table because anybody can be like, oh, those are cool, let's do them. Yeah. But I don't think it would get approved unless they plan to reprint these. But hear me out. I don't want to spoil <laughs> things in the future, but the Super Turtles appear in the 2003 series, and Super oh, 7 yeah. has their 2003 line. Ooh, Ooh Spencer. Yeah, they do. So, okay. who? So, me and Spencer know which one is which turtle, right? But Cody and, and Mike do not. Which, which turtle do you think is which superhero? I think I I think I might have seen. Isn't Raph the goo one? No. Mm-mm. No. To be honest, I didn't give it much thought. You can you can kind of pick up hints just in this issue as you're reading. Just in it, this, it's talking about who? Let me let me go back. I mean, let's see. Oh man, I forgot to write down that reference. So like that's the other thing is like when it shows the Super Turtles, it's referencing issue one again. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and it goes through them in order of which turtle. Each I did of think them I are. did think that was neat. So Leo is Graviturtle, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the Mirage order because I'm I don't save stuff like that in my brain. Raph has to be Gridix, right? Correct. Yep. Um, and that leaves Shell Dude and Bloboid. Bloboid. Donnie's Bloboid is Bloboid is Mikey. Bloodwood is Mikey. Mm. I thought Bloodwood was Donnie. <laughs> Darn it. I guess I got them mixed up. I know it's been a while since I've watched that 2003 episodes because yeah, they have the same voices. Electro, right? Let yeah. me double check. I'm, I'm like 90%. Because wasn't the whole thing. Well, never mind. I don't want to give it away. Electro. I do love the Utram is just watching this. He's just like, he's yeah. slacking off on his job. He's just spacing out. His mind is blown. <laughs> like I do like this. I don't know what if this will have a payoff. I kind of hope it doesn't. I hope it's just literally this guy was just like, let's watch some TV and just see what the hell's going on out there. And he's just yeah, like, Electro is Dante. Yeah, I think, I think uh, in the back, Peter Laird mentions he made this in 1993. So maybe he just like got sick of waiting. It was like, I'll just put it in here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
they might have like a tails the tmnt issue i don't know i'd have they to go do over. they do okay so yeah. they've, they've got more and then they also yeah appear in the 2003 series in an episode so good to go on to eight yeah yep. i don't really have anything we haven't talked about just good to see bronze again you so know? i i actually like the rivalry between leo and cha ocho like like that fight that they have with each other is is a lot of fun to really like, read through. I guess watch. I don't know. You're almost watching it because Peter. It's Lynn a good great action. It's a good fight. It's just hard for me to care because I don't know what the rivalry is. Like, mm-hmm. like Cha Ocho like makes it seem like it's going to be personal, and it's like I'm just not getting that because I don't know why yet. Yeah, so that's fair. I can. Do you want me to explain it? Or do you want to no, I mean it's it's fine. Like I've read into it, um, so I kind of yeah. spoiled it for myself. But it's like. You know, I'm also speaking as like someone reading this for the first time, and it's like, huh? Yeah. So Cha Ocho is a a former cop whose wife was murdered, and so he, like the the case went cold. He joins the Foot Clan uh, to try and like get vengeance or you know justice for his wife's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, Leonardo catches him breaking into the police precinct, and is like, "Hey, I figured you Foot weren't actually on the up and up since you're breaking into the police." Uh, precinct, but he agrees to help Cha Ocho find his wife's killer um, and bring him to justice. And Cha Ocho winds up killing the guy like in cold blood. And Leo's like, "This is that's not justice. This is just vengeance." They get in a fight. Uh, Leo with a pocket knife breaks Cha Ocho's sword and then gives him that slash across his face is a, a mark of shame. So that's mm-hmm. that's why he's like tracing it with a boken in, in this issue too. I think Leo's in the wrong. I think you should be able to murder your wife's killer. I'm going to go on record. Well, and Cha brings up a good point. He's like, you uh, killed Shredder twice, so how can you tell me that I can't kill? You know? (laughs) (laughs) He brings up a really good point. Touche. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I like Tales Volume 6. It's also drawn by Chris Allen. It's really good. I got it adventures. Sorry, Cody. Go ahead. No, you're fine. That's good information. I like waxing nostalgic over like your hometown or like a place you love. I think that's cool. Like those panels where he's just like going over like the city. I think that's dope. Because I, I imagine these are like entirely accurate to like whatever streets he's talking oh, about. Oh, Mr. Brown's going through the... Through yeah. The, yeah. 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 Yeah, as he's going through um, Northampton. Because I assume if you know the area, these panels are like super awesome because I assume it's just like literal places. I just love that. I think that's neat. Yeah, I do too. Well, especially for like people who live in that small town, right? Because like Ninja Turtles was like a big pop culture phenomenon. And so now like in your Ninja Turtle comic, you're actually getting to see your little tiny town in a comic book. Yeah. You know, like usually you only ever see New York or like LA or whatever. But like people in Northampton actually got to see Northampton in comic books, which is really neat. Yeah, It's also like... um I think it's cool in video games too, like in The Last of Us when they go to Salt Lake and it's like, yeah, I know, I know that place. <laughs> I know those buildings. I didn't know they did that. I'll have to play that now. Yeah. Because, yeah, like it, it is wild because there is a, an issue of Starman, the one that was before Jack Knight. Um, he was like the kid that like, I don't know, some sort of something came out of the sky and hit him and gave him powers, Starman. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Starman. Will Payton, I think, is his name. Anyway, but there there is a moment where he ends up like fighting some supervillains in Salt Lake City, and it's it's just crazy to see like 
the Salt Lake City Temple and these things in there. Yeah, it's, you, just, it's so cool to see like landmarks you know, and you're like, yeah. yeah. There's an issue of Superman where he walks through Lincoln, Nebraska, and then there's an issue of uh, Atomic Robo that happens at Epley Airfield in Omaha. Like, I've been there. I've taken flights out of there. That's amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love Atomic Robo. Oh, it's so good. That's one of my favorite books. I need to get back into it. It's been a long time since I've read yeah, it. Yeah, like, I haven't gotten... Uh, I've got the first nine volumes, and then I have some of, like, Real Science Adventures. But yeah, if you haven't read Atomic Robo, it's a fantastic book. Atomic Robo, give us money. <laughs> yeah, Scott Clevenger, come on, man. Come on, just give us free books. What's your, I didn't what's realize your there were nine volumes. Only have. What's that? What's your favorite Atomic Robo? I, I've only read like the first three volumes. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, like, I need to get back into it. But uh, my favorite joke was like, he picks up the phone. He's like, Robo, there's a pyramid in Egypt. And there's just like this long pregnant pause. He's like, <laughs> yeah, thanks. But it's like, it's roaming through Egypt. It's, a little, yeah. it's hilarious. So like the fanta- <laughs> so the fantastic thing about, about, about Atomic Robo is that like, it's an anthology series. And so the only like real consistent character is... Um, is robo and he's just he's a robot that was built by nikola tesla and all of his adventures take place in different time periods uh and so there's some characters that'll like cross over um but it's usually just robo um and so like he goes like there's world war ii there's like future stuff so it's like it's jumping all over the place uh i was gonna say my favorite one of my favorite ones is the flying she devils of the pacific uh, and the Savage Sword of Doctor Dinosaur. Ooh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, those are those are great ones. Uh, I remember the. Is it on Comicsology? Um, I don't know if all of them are, but there's a there's a good chunk of them. So you're saying I can just like pick up any one and read it, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they the only consistent character is Robo. There's a great one where he gets launched to the moon, and NASA just <laughs> yeah. assumes he can shut himself off, so they only give him like four magazines to read. He calls back. He's like, NASA, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> he winds up moving a bunch of moon rocks to spell like screw you NASA or something. Like that. I think it's, that's a, uh, isn't that, that's not ghost of station X. That's, I couldn't tell you I've, earlier. What I think I packed up all my comics too. So I, I really, can't yeah, it's on you. comicsology. So awesome. All right. Back to turtles. Right, Brian Clevenger, <laughs> Scott Wegner. Um, so yeah, atomic robo. Fantastic. Are we done so, with issue eight on issue nine? Yeah. Yep. Let's awesome. get to issue nine. Those nanobots, man, they're stupid looking, but they're so cool too. Yeah. I, I can't put my finger the, on it, but the turtle one or like the evil ones? Well, really both of them. I, the turtle ones <laughs> look stupid, but cool. But like the, even the evil <laughs> ones are like, like he's thought through, like these are nanobots that are made to work underwater or like in liquid, which would make sense when you're injecting it into someone. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's cool. Yeah, to work in fluids. Yeah. I just kind of also like Dark Donatello. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I like Dark Donatello. I like him having like this, like I kept Stockman around because like he's brilliant. And so he's someone that I can talk to about like genius stuff. Right. And I can try and learn something from him. And so he ends up having like this toxic relationship with this awful person that he indulges because he thinks that like he can benefit from, from it. Uh, until yeah. he, until he decides he can't, and then he satisfyingly shoots yeah, him. Like, it's murdering time now. Like, right. yeah, that's not necessarily something you see a lot. Where it's like, 
okay, now you you deserve death. Like it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know what? Yeah, you really just don't deserve to keep living. But I I think I also just love it when he tells him to rot in hell. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> just on a just being like rotten hell, Stockman, <laughs> like yeah. walking out. Well, also, like he can never use that lab again unless he does some serious. Well, yeah, it all like melted. It's like yeah. This this is the first issue that's like real messed up. Like between that and the dinosaur attack at the beginning, and I kind of really like it though. Yeah, I I I dig it too. I like the dinosaurs. I like their golem voice. I I actually really liked this issue a lot. Reading it, I think it's fun. It's tough. Yeah, same. It was a good one. All right, so. Three issues of Mirage Volume Four are in the can, so I I mean I hope it, I hope the next three pick up. Uh, these weren't my favorite of the run so far. Um, I'm actually enjoying this run more the second time reading it. I actually am you're really liking. You it. could have said around. Time around, man. <laughs> oh man, oh man, I, I'm really enjoying Spencer. these the second edit. time it's around. It's never too late Darn to it. edit. It's never too late to edit. <laughs> no, but I won't. I won't let him edit it out because I'll just keep. I'll just keep bringing it up if we do a retake. <laughs> Conflict is entertaining, you know. So you gotta you gotta have a bit of that in there. Uh, I but I, I am curious to see where this goes. Um, I I know some things where it goes, but uh, but I I I am enjoying reading this for the first time. So, so Keith, take us into the news. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Cody, toy news. So, um, last time we were talking about the third-party turtles, you know, not Leonardo, not Donatello. We were wondering when they're going to show off more. And 5K Toys revealed the third one, which is clearly not Michelangelo. Pretty cool. He's on a skateboard. They didn't show off the samurai part of him. Usually it's like different head sculpts and gear you can swap on. So this is the actual like the not Mikey stuff. Yeah, um, I thought one... they said that they were going to reveal the samurai look soon. Yeah, they've said no hard dates. Like they just they mm. were blind to people in the comments because people were like, oh, I wanted a samurai version. And they're like, we'll we'll talk about that later. So. Um, it's kind of this kind of goes back to like my theory is that like these weren't designed together with the original Leo and not Leo and not Donnie. So yeah, because it's it's interesting because previously they've shown off the samurai look first and they're like the other looks a bonus, but I think yeah. um it's been like so successful now they can't resist being like here's the turtle you want. Yeah, so like kind of weird because like. You would think that they're trying to like skirt that. Oh, it's not. We're not doing the team and T. Don't come after us. Yeah. But then they're like, "Here's the third one. You know, you know who it is." And it's like, it's it's interesting. Um, well, like my my theory was is that they is that like whoever's making these got the designs from like the customizer in China, and because China's copyright laws are kind of all over the place, like they put those two into production, like you know when they did. And then, like, Mikey, Raph, you know, not Mikey and not Raph weren't designed yet. So now they're having, like, someone else do it in that style. Mm. Anyway, that's a theory. None of that's confirmed. That's just the way this has been rolling out. That's just how I was. I'm still excited for these. However, you know, legit, they they are on the back end. 
Um, yeah, they're super cool. And I, I don't, I think because of all this, we'll never get like solid answers unless you happen to like find like the person who's actually responsible. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, cause it. I remember like the original, the original time we saw like the not Leo, you know, two, three years ago, um, the artist didn't have Instagram. And so someone else was posting his pictures on yeah. his behalf. Yeah, and we still even get like a lot of stuff where it's like they're sharing from like like the Chinese social media platforms. Yeah, exactly. Connected. And I yeah. think it also like if they want to like go places in the industry, they don't necessarily want to be like, I'm the one who made this unlicensed turtle. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, and big so, companies and so don't work with me. <laughs> and so there's yeah, so there's a lot of stuff like you know behind the scenes stuff. But if you just want a cool looking turtle, this is a really good looking one. Um the double elbows, though, that's a huge improvement over the not Leo and not Donnie. Yeah, double elbows. He has like an extra like torso joint for like the crunch and swivel, and then he has the other, thigh cuts. Leo, Leo has that. Does he? Yeah, it's not that. This it's not that nice. deep, but like there's so but there's a there's like a waist very there. Very pronounced, so it's like. Yeah, this one's got this one seems to have like a deeper ab crunch than not Leo does. Yeah, they like stepped it up, and he has like a giant skateboard and giant headphones, so pretty cool. Um, I wonder how that's tall coming it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, there was at one point there was like a silhouette they showed off with like the four of them. Yeah. I, think, I know Raph was like bigger. Donnie's taller. So yeah, I, I, I would assume Mikey's around Leo size. I think Mikey was shorter. Yeah, that's true. Though I, I have to assume at this point they, because they, they took a lot of heat for Leo being short and they even like debated like how tall Donnie should be. Yeah. So I have to guess he's like Leo size. Like, because if he's shorter than Leo, that's like short, 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 yeah. short. Um, but yeah, there's that. Super cool. And, you know, the other like Donnie and Splinter should seemingly be shipping real soon. I bought, I bought a second set off of Gundamit. So good times for unlicensed turtles. And this is breaking news. I saw this just before we went to the news section. Super 7 Ultimates, TMNT Wave 9 is in stock at Entertainment Earth, which usually means other places will have it in stock very, very soon. But this features um, the Splinter figure, which they've done before, but this one's flocked. Um, Slam Dunkin' Dawn, all-time classic. Scumbug, Neutrino, Zack and Wingnut and Screwloose. This is one of the best waves that I've ever done. So I'm thrilled, and I'm debating right now if I want to throw down um, oh, $323. So pray for <laughs> me. <laughs> I, I pray for you for your habit. You know, you know. I did just get my tax money back, so it couldn't have come at a better time. Oh, there you go. But yeah, that's... It's about to be Super 7 week, folks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm thrilled. What do we got in comics? So, in comics, we have issue number 148 coming out on Valentine's Day, February 14th. That's the day after this podcast airs. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you guys are able to pick it up or, you know, spend time with a significant other or, you know, do both. Hopefully both. Buy the um, comic and read it together with your significant other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Usagi Ojimbo Ice and Snow number five coming out, which you know I didn't know we we did that in the news, but someone put it here in our show notes. And so I figured, why not? Usagi is turtles adjacent. We, and we like Stan Sakai, so we we do like Stan Sakai, and 
you know, Usagi has kind of had many, many a crossover with the turtles. So it uh, makes sense to include it. In movie and TV news, uh, earlier today, the turtles social media pages were teasing uh, a teaser trailer for tales of the TMNT coming this summer to Paramount plus when apparently it leaked online uh, early, like right after that announcement had been made. Uh, So the four of us got to watch the, the trailer before it, um, (laughs) before it got taken down, it was supposed to be revealed tomorrow, the ninth. But uh, I guess because it gained so much traction online, uh, they went ahead and, dropped the trailer early. Uh, so we got our first looks at the tales of the TMNT series. It's uh 2d animated, which, which is really cool. I think we knew that already. Um, the animation is pretty good. Um, oh my crap. It does, I would say it does look really good. It's very like moon girl and devil dinosaur. It's yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's got like an interesting there. style to it. Um, uh, I think, I think that's, I think these turtles do look really good in 2D animation. Um so that is uh definitely something to look forward to. I think Spencer even said that he liked the look of this trailer. Whoa. Uh, I don't know. I think I just said like cool. Uh, like all right. Mm, that's high praise for Mayhem from Spencer. Uh, sure. It, it can be. <laughs> oh, I was saying that's the highest praise you've ever given it, so Oh, I don't know. I've said it's like an all right movie. And it's, it's been all right. You know, it's been a pretty okay movie. It's a pretty okay TV show. In video game news, uh, tomorrow, the ninth, the Fortnite cross TMNT event goes live. And uh, as per usual with these kind of things, uh, there was a ton of data mine uh, leaks yesterday uh, where we got to see pretty much everything that is coming in the event. Uh, So Splinter is confirmed to be a skin in the game as well. Um, Comes with a few items. Uh, His back bling is like a teapot with uh, like some reading glasses. Uh, His pickaxe is his cane. Uh, And then jumping over to Shredder, it was confirmed that the Shredder leak that we had saw a couple weeks ago is a super Shredder form uh, based on the Fortnite storyline. Uh, it was re- revealed alongside a normal Shredder um, costume, which uh, is pretty good. Um, I got to say, man, uh, if I had a nickel for every Ninja Turtle video game trailer that had blue Danube in it, I'd have two nickels, which isn't, which a, isn't lot, a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was a CG trailer that dropped uh, for the event as well. That's pretty fun. Um the uh, and go watch the trailer for TMNT the video game like 2007. Yeah. I'm I'm exactly already exactly the same I'm posting it on our Twitter. Don't worry. Um, it's a uh, X formerly known as Twitter. Uh, it'll always be Twitter. Uh, but there was a bunch of other cool stuff too that was revealed. Um, uh, there's going to be a Krang ba- back bling, which is exciting because that that actually looks pretty fun. Um. There's a uh, loading screen art by Kevin Eastman of the four turtles jumping off the uh, bus, which is fantastic. Uh, there's a remixed version of turtle power by partners in crime, which is an absolute bop. And I love it. It's so good. Did you know partners in crime follows us on Twitter? Awesome. I did not know that. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was going to say, shout out to uh, Ninja Turtle. What is it? What's that podcast called? It's like Ninja Turtle Minute. They watch all yeah, Team and Team Minute. Yeah, Team and Team Minute. That's it. They did a really good interview with uh, the, I can't remember his name, but like the main guy from Partner in Crime. Yeah. Very good stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's fantastic uh, remix. Uh, you can listen to it on anything. Um, it went up yesterday. I think it's part of the 50th anniversary of hip hop is what the um, like tagline for it is. But the but it's got the Fortnite turtles on it. So I think it's going to be available in the game as well. Um, and then as part of the events, the turtles and April are supposed to go back up on the sh- on the shop. Now, if they're still up on the shop by the time you listen to this episode next week, uh you know, go jump in there and get them. Uh, I'll have already gotten them because uh, I'm a Fortnite girly now. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I am still old and jaded, so I, I am not a Fortnite person. But well, I'm older than you, and I'm not jaded. So, yeah, I would advise folks um, just buy your favorite turtle. You don't need to spend like $40 you don't need. Yeah, you definitely don't need all four, uh, all four turtles. Um, but if you're a super fan, like myself i mean i i bought all four and april and i've only ever played as mikey so jokes on me (laughs) (laughs) well you can set this skin to rotate too oh really yeah so you can so every match you could have a different skin you set Uh, it to like shuffle but why would i want to do that when i have mikey i mean that's fair if you only want mikey then that's fine but if you buy all of the turtle skins uh then you know, you got a lot to shuffle with, which uh, I was talking about this with. Uh, uh, so some of the Fortnite people like um, in the turtle community, they were talking about like how this collaboration seems like it's the like most in depth that uh, Fortnite has done. Like the fact that like this is such a big event with like a CG trailer and there's so many characters and it's like the, you know, Kevin did, you know, art for it. And it's like, it, it it just they were talking about like no fort like collab has ever felt this big uh which is really exciting you know for turtles because it's like people have been wanting the turtles in fortnite for so long and it's like they were in every other video game like smite and brawlhalla and you know every other <laughs> game but fortnite it does seem like very very involved yeah, and so it's like the fact that these are going to be like it's an actual event. Um, you know, their lair is going to be part of the island in Fortnite. Um, like that's that's really cool. And like already in the game right now, um, like there was little April April O'Neil mini quests. Like she's wandering around on the map, and you have to like go talk to her and do some quests for her. Um, yeah, I ran into April, but maybe I maybe I played before they did like the quests or something. Or uh, I also yeah. don't know how Fortnite works. I, I think know. the quests were added last week, but it was like talk to her, go find some pizza boxes, go find the lair, um, stuff like that. I was playing with friend of the show Colin Stein. Yeah, I haven't played with Colin yet, so but I think the three of us should squad up. So we should. Oh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think I that's all I, it for our news. Then. I bought the Super Seven Turtles guys. Um, Oh, you did just buy them? Yeah, it, I actually overestimated. I had one clicked twice, so they're, it's slightly less expensive than I said. I'm waiting for what drops in NECA's Holothon in a couple weeks, so. I love Super 7. Like, I'm excited for their uh, 2003 Turtles, frankly. Yeah. But yeah. All right, Spencer, what are we doing next week? 
Uh, next week, we will be covering episodes 10, 11, and 12 of the 2003 series cartoon. So that's Shredder Strikes Part 1, Shredder Strikes Part 2, and the Unconvincing Turtle Titan. Yes, Turtle Titan! Oh, also, the Shredder <laughs> Strike is pretty cool, too, but, you know. Is that, yeah. Hey, Shredder is, Strikes, meh, but Turtle Titan. Good run of episodes. Love these episodes. I do, too. I'm, I'm excited. I, I do vaguely remember the Shredder Strikes episodes, so I'm kind of excited for those. It's like we've been on decent episodes, but this to me is where like the show gets really good. So. About time. Ooh, yeah, we'll hold you to this, Mike. <laughs> or, or <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to hold it to us, let us know somewhere on Twitter uh, or any social media, Ninja Turtle PH or Ninja Turtle Power Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you again so much for listening to another episode. We really appreciate you guys coming back next uh, every week. Uh, and yeah, we love you. So that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Certified, certified. Booyakasha. Hot soup. I also go through like phases where it's like sometimes I'll like watch a ton of YouTube videos. All of that good content is gone. Yep. All all that talk about our underwear. Brought to you by Me Undies. Comfort for me. No, no, I'm cutting that out. We're not advertising (laughs) for anyone. Yeah, we're we're not not giving free. We're not giving free ads. No Uh, way. Actually, I have a different ad from their competitor, Underwear Bro. (laughs) (laughs) You overs. Overalls for everyone else. (laughs) <laughs> I do want to say um I'm looking at there's like I, I googled it so I'm on there like the images they're really heavy on the crotch man they're not they're like here's I think that's part of their, their advertising is like there's like a full on banana hammock structured yeah, into like, it what, in, what do like you, me do you wish your do we do you wish your underwear got a dong? How are we? How are we running an ad for these guys right now? Like I, <laughs> I have one pair of me undies. <laughs> No, two pairs. I have two pairs. Of I'm not going to ask the question I was going to ask as a joke, but you know. You can. It's okay. I'll let you. <laughs> They're very comfortable. Does it accentuate your dog? Does it accentuate? I'll send you I'll send you a picture. You can sign up for my only mics later. <laughs> I lifts and separates. I I think that, you know, me undies is is like wearing wearing a cinder block around your crotch personally. <laughs> And and unless it's someone like being wrapped in sandpaper, exactly, <laughs> exfoliating. Yeah. Unless of course some some money started coming my way for me to say otherwise. Until yeah. further notice, really soften up those fibers. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Here's the thing with like ad reads, right? Like usually, they're like you know, it's like I need therapy because I'm a psycho, and that's why mm. I go to this therapy place, right? Yeah. They like try to make it relatable. How do you sell undies, like? I'm wearing underwear right now. Take a look. I mean, you can go to like, look at the Philly D ad.
No. Right now, it's I'm like because it's almost Valentine's Day. It's like you can get a matching pair with your spouse, yeah, or exactly, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or yeah, and or like look how good it makes your junk look. That's that's, that's like ad. Spencer's in Utah. So, and I don't know how like Spencer, Spencer, sorry, Spencer aligns politically, but I feel like you can tell if someone's like a right winger when they're like, here's a minky couture blanket, and you're like, okay, Glenn Beck listener, okay. God, I remember years ago I used to like Glenn Beck, like years, Whoa. like decades ago. Right winger Mike, okay. I, I mean, I, I'll admit, like I used to be a Republican like years ago, um, Ooh, like pre-Obama. back in the Obama years too. Pre pre Obama, I was I was a Republican, uh, yeah. and then uh, I was indoctrinated by the girlfriend I had that was in college at the time, <laughs> and I wasn't in college, and so she made me see the light. Interesting. Well, good on her. These blankets do look comfortable, though. I was never like a horrible Republican. (laughs) That's your racism talking, Keith. Stay away. (laughs) I was just. uh, Are these made of like actual mink or something? Is that the idea? I think it's faux mink, but they they are very soft. I I own a few, you know. Uh, (laughs) You own a few. You own a few meandies. Granted, I've never I've never bought myself them. They've always been gifts, uh, but they are very comfy. Yeah, my wife bought me bought me mine. No discrimination here against no, anyone. Mickey, Mickey Couture, like, them because I I appreciate the ones I own because they are very, very cozy. See, we really should be sponsored. We're just people. Jeez, companies yeah, see, are no, missing out on their product. Kidding. being Minky Couture. All right, <laughs> I feel like I was sleeping under sandpaper, guys. Yeah, <laughs> what I understand paper. is how there's a section that's blankets for women. Like, aren't blankets like kind of by default unisex? Uh, no, not think. not those blankets. Not those blankets. I wouldn't okay. be caught dead in those blankets. They're not masculine enough. They're but, actually they're yeah. designed because women's, uh, you know, the the male and female body, like there's different like circulation rates, you know, musculature. Yeah, yeah. There's there's mm-hmm. there's physiological That's differences, true. and so they have to engineer the blankets to cater to those things. It's very <laughs> That's true. I get a, so I get a bunch of ads for like dude based products, like like dude wipes. They're just baby wipes, but they're bigger. But I, yeah. I remember getting one at one point that was like dude blankets, and I was like. This massive, like, 18-foot-long blanket. It's like, why? It's just a bigger blanket. Just get two blankets. So easy. Look at this monstrosity that I'm putting in our chat, though. It's a, it's a Minky Couture handbag set. There's apparently Jesus. bags made out of blankets. It's disgusting. Do you, wish, do you wish your handbag collected dirt that you couldn't readily see? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Imagine sitting that down on the subway. What would come off of it? <laughs> yeah, that's... Here's uh... a question. This is somewhat unrelated, but do you uh, do you guys wear shoes in your house? No. no. God, no. No. What? You barbarian? No? Okay. What's wrong with you? Because I was reading a news story how, like, you know, like, they did a test at the grocery store and, like, whatever percentage of... Like self checkouts, which I think it was like all of them have like a certain percentage of fecal matter, and they were basically like, "Yeah, poo's on everything, so wash your hands." Yeah. Maybe it was a TikTok. But. I saw I saw a video that was like somebody took like one of those like little dust mallets and like was hitting a, a bus seat, and just like oh, all the yeah. dust that was coming off of it, and some and one of the replies was like, "This is why you don't lie down in bed with your outside clothes." Yeah. Well, even like just the amount of like salt and like sludge on the road right now where I'm at, yeah. it's like snowed and it's melted. And because mm-hmm. of snow, we put down like beet brine and then salt and then like all that crack gets on your shoes and then gets inside. It's uh, just awful. Clear here right hey. now. We just had that. We had that uh, atmospheric river. That atmospheric like river. Yeah. So California has got like it. 
they they call it an atmospheric river and it's like just like torrential rain like the like our y- annual like rain that we used to get is in like a day now and so like is we it- had one we had it last year and then we just like it rained for like 3 days straight here which it never does doesn't it like doesn't rain like debilitate you all cuz you can't handle it um i mean for for some people yeah like because also, like, we your infrastructure but yeah because like um a lot of like houses in LA are like you know built on you know uh on hills that aren't soaking water all the time so it's like when you have this like that we have mudslides now you just like surf your house down the hill yeah some people in like you know like Malibu like all those like beach cities and stuff like where their houses on the hill um like the hillsides like just crumble underneath it yeah, honestly, whenever I pass like hills and like communities on hills, that goes through my mind all the time. Like, yeah. there's they should really get more vegetation on that slope. Yeah, my wife, um, she works in like wildfire mitigation, uh, and so it's like uh, I helped them out. I, like, I was gonna, I was gonna work for her mom doing that last year um, before my current job, and I learned like what I learned about it. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. So it's like we can, we both like can pick out like, Oh, you need to do these things to, <laughs> to mitigate your file wildfire risk. Hmm. Guys, this point Have is $109. How am I still on this website? Minky blanket. I used to, I used to sell handbags, but they were leather. So it's like, I look at this one and I'm like, Ugh. Mike, you have yeah. such a wild career path going on. Honestly, I do. Yeah. You're a, you're a firefighter one day. You're selling handbags. <laughs> Well, I ne- well, remember, I never, I didn't take that job. Uh, I trained for it, and then like I went on like a thing uh, with her. Swing an axe? Did it? No, because that wasn't. That's not part of the job. Digging trenches. No, I just went up to. I went up to a community, and like we talked about like the wildfire. Like we we had showed them like points of stuff. Like you know, there's too much vegetation yeah. right here. It's next to your house so you like, you like badgered someone with a rake how they need to like well they invited us the leaves like they specifically invited us um and so like you know we got a we got a free trip up to like the bay area um out of it they like they time shared you uh i mean no I mean, we stayed in a hotel but uh see i would be i'd be terrible at this job because i'd be like all right if it lights on fire the bay is right there Just, <laughs> well you know, i mean figure it, it out you're all adults <laughs> It wasn't like it wasn't like the Bay Area, like San Francisco is like San Jose is a little bit more inland. Uh, but like this place hadn't had a wildfire um, since like the 80s. So there's like a ton of vegetation there. like it's primed to burn right now. Isn't it better? Like because we like stop natural fires that would actually take care of things and manage it. Well, in well. Cal- California, so like fires build up for like 40 years when maybe there should be a fire every year. Yeah, like California is supposed to have the wildfires. Like that's a natural part of our cycle. Um, uh, but like because because of people, like it's kind of mitigated where it's not happening as often in some areas. Yeah. And so like, you know, you have that buildup like I was just talking about. Like, you know, it's been almost 40 years since a wildfire has really gone through that area. So there's like, you know, there's vegetation that's just overgrown and then like, 
you know, because people live there now, like these houses were built, you know, some of them we went, I went into, we went into like a house that was like a hundred years old, um, up in that area. And it's just like, there's no way a fire, like a fire truck could get up here. Like these people have to have water tanks on their property in order to protect like their property. Mm, like pumps, old timey hoses. Yeah. Like basically like they're kind of on their own. Um, because there's like they're and so we had to tell them like, you know, a fire truck could not make a three point turn on these streets. They're Who among so us narrow. Can? Really? I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah, like I, I got this has, has its own like contingent of like stout men with buckets. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like the community <laughs> around all day. That was, why, yeah. that was why the community had invited us because they, because they were so close knit and everybody kind of like knew each other's business and like, you know, um, so it was like, it was a community that had invited us out. Um, and yeah, like there was like every, every other block or so you'd see like one of those like 5,000 gallon, like plastic tanks of water. Hmm. Guys, I can't get off these blankets. <laughs> this one is 329, uh, three, listen to this, $329 for this yeah. couture bag. They're not only made of mink, they're sewn by real minks in a mink sweatshop. (laughs) It's not even Uh, like, it's five foot by seven foot, which is, I don't even think a king size uh, blanket. Yeah. The softness comes from mink tears that they have to tediously milk out. They really, they pound live minks into the mink fiber. That's how they, it's that real mink on mink softness. Each blanket has the soul of 200 minks. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, someone will be like, oh, yeah, they were, like, on sale at Costco or something like that. And then they'll and then they'll give you this this big Minky Cotier blanket, you know. Mm-hmm. I actually have one comfy. I've never opened. It looks super Wait, comfy. No, maybe I, I did I couldn't... You know what I did? I did use it, and my cat didn't like it. My cat treated it like it was, like, lava, and she wouldn't walk over it. <laughs> so she, it? she knows something. There's a sense. That's probably... She could sense the animal cruelty and was like, nah. Yeah. I just if for that's comparison, not legally verifiable if Mickey Couture is listening to this, don't sue us. That's just a joke. I just got two pairs of glasses out of network, no insurance. I just submitted it yesterday. Haven't gotten anything back. Two pairs of glasses with lenses less than this blanket. Isn't vision, vision insurance just a scam, anyways? Really? It's all insurance is a scam. Yeah, because like insu- insurance like, is one big and just like scam industry that has just scammed us now for forever. It, it really it so is. Like we can't live without them because of like, the way they've inflated. The yeah, so I I used to. What's y'all's premium for vision insurance? I don't freaking know. It's that, like man. two bucks. That's not doing anything. The whole industry <laughs> is a scam. I had I worked with uh, professors from like China, and like whenever they would go visit family, they would get like a bunch of new glasses because they're like it's like four dollars for new new glasses in other countries like it's nothing well yeah it's just plastic it's just carved plastic yeah exactly (laughs) and you're sitting there like in in, at the desk and you're like looking at all the fancy stuff you can add to your glasses and it's just like oh man i could not have any glare on my glasses like no glare at all and then you like look at how much more it's going to cost and you're like you know what i can live with the glare i can live with the glare it's fine what are the lenses made of the guy melting sand in the back and made glass give me those right yeah my my problem too is that i have a fat head like i don't know if you've ever ever tried to lose weight in just your temples but like it's really really hard and like to the point that like 
You got to just get in there and lipo it out, man. Yeah, right. To the point that like Randy Jackson and Shaquille O'Neal, two two very large, large-headed men, both had lines of glasses, and they were both too small for my white ass head. So like, I there's only like <laughs> one place I can shop that has like take extra super the fat large ones. Section. Ooh, you're gonna we're gonna special order these ones for that noggin. I, I told the I told the guy I'm like I need your fat head person section. He's like, oh, down on the left. I'm like, thank you. It's like it's like the big and tall store, but for people with with fat heads. You yeah, know? for the for the husky headed gentleman. Husky headed gentleman. I just pictured someone with like a really tiny body, but like a comically big head. Like it's like he's like five feet tall, but it's four feet ahead. Right, like a big head mode. An old video hey Arnold, mode. like like a Arnold from Hey Arnold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about contacts, Keith? There's no there's Cody. There's no way on this planet I'm getting contacts. Are you kidding me? I can't be in the same room when my wife is taking her contacts out. Like I'm squeezing oh, like eyes. You can't you know, touch yeah. your eyeball. No. Oh my God. Let's. When I first got glasses, they're like, we just need to take this little device that like touches your eye and takes the pressure. I'm like, you could burn in hell. Do not touch oh, my I'm eyes. What are you doing? Getting, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to my uh, annual eye appointment next next Wednesday. Have fun, buddy. But actually, this There's time been they a have few like times a... I thought I had my contacts in, so I was like, you know, touching my eye, trying to pull yeah. them off, and I yeah. later realized there wasn't a contact in there. So oh, I'm, just, used, like, I'm used to it now. Yeah, that's my literal nightmare. Um, I this time when I, when I got my eyes checked, they actually had just a laser that like detected the pressure in my eyes, which was nice. They, you can like, say yeah, no. Yeah. They did the laser for me, too, but they, they still had to do the eye puff thing. Oh, they didn't have to do that for me. Um, they just got like, the laser worked its magic somehow. I don't know. But my eye doctor, magic, he probably just, science, he personally but... blows into my eye, and it's very <laughs> gentle. So... So my thing is I, I made my like six month or so supply of contacts last way longer than six months. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I haven't like found a place to go to until like just a few months ago. Uh, I found a place to go to to get my eyes checked uh, around where I'm at. And I see Shopco Optical and I was like, I thought Shopco went out of business. Mm-hmm. Apparently Shopco's are out of business. But their eye departments are still open and have just their own stores. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how that happens. I mean, yeah. it's probably also, I'm sure like it's just like a conglomerate and that's just the name they kept because people. I, I don't like know it. how, like, I don't even know how widespread Shopco was. But like, it's also I a scam. I use a scam. So I use pair eyewear. Oh, here we go with the pear ad. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess <laughs> Don't I'm trust advertising your eyeballs for, with anything but pear. I guess I'm I'm advertising for Shopco Optical now. I can give you. I was gonna say if you're gonna show, then I might as well. Uh, I'll drop know. I'll drop my uh, referral code in the in the in the group chat. Vision Works is the only place Cody Tuckett goes. Uh, Honestly, for the husky for the husky headed gentleman, Eyeglass <laughs> World is your is your friend. They have up to five pairs of glasses that will fit your fat ass head. Yeah, I think I think my only complaint about pear was that the glasses weren't wide enough um so when i wear them i do get like indents on the side of my head and they stand out because i don't have hair there so it's like when i take them out you can see you can see where they were pressing in on my head wilson's anti-head chafing powder oh well that's why i just wear a beanie that covers it (laughs) Uh, but honestly honestly i like i like the sunglasses that i could just like magnet magnetically put on my my uh frames aren't those I was I had some of those, but I was uh, badgered for being uncool. Uh, People honestly, were mortified. I mean, I'm old enough now that I don't care. <laughs> uh, 
So I have uh I just have some blue sunglasses and then I have like some red like top frames that I put on every now and then. I, just, I don't get the I don't get the I just drunk I stare right into the sun. I there just you, go. you don't get the my lit? retinas have calluses on them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I don't get the uh the like side dimples like you're talking about with the the frames. Oh, yeah. My my issue is that um I look like the bad guy from Who Framed Roger Rabbit if the if the glasses are too small. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> your eyes are bulging out of them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I I still oh, rock yeah, the yeah. Uh, the uh, shutter shades. You know well, the shutter shade glasses. I mean, nice. Shades, yeah, I wear those while driving shade. around. You know, and everything. They were great. They were great. I don't know what that what is. are shutter shades. What am, what they they were like a thing during the <laughs> yeah. swag yellow era when I was yeah. in like junior high. They're uh, they're kind of like what Bebop wears. But this is Ooh, like you know the, how like, like has, like, yeah. you know how like oh, has like one slit little, like, on his eyes. Like are shutter shades are Spencer, a bunch of them. I, I am joking. I don't actually wear. I've never worn <laughs> shutter shades. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anybody in Utah has ever 